0: Tarnandi is the Festival of Contemporary Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art. The exhibition is at the Art Gallery of South Australia until the 30th of January 2022. You can view the virtual tour online at agsa.sa.gov.au.
1: My name's Sonia Rankin. I live at Bay in the York Peninsula in Narunga Country. I am Naranjeri from the Coorong on the Lower River Murray, Naranjeri um, of the mid-north of South Australia, uh, Narunga the York Peninsula and also connections to Wirrungal on the west coast.
0: So can you tell us about the works you've got in Tarnandi that you've created?
1: Uh, The works that I've got are um, sort of two styles of weaving. So I made four baskets that were connected to Naranjeri and Nadri also did the same weaving technique. Um, And so I did one piece that was just predominantly um, Naranjeri weaving and then I did with the the traditional reeds and then I did another piece that has the uh, beech hag stone um which is called bilbilly uh, matikunali which means um the reeds um stone and emu feathers then the other one is made of, of another one that's not and jerry stitching um, around a beech hag stone but made with philodendron, which is a, a darker material. It's sort of, I suppose, like a bit of a, a fern sort of plant, but as it dries, it goes this beautiful rusty coloured. And I did another one around a beech hag stone which was made from um, ponytail palms. So I use the traditional reeds where I can but living over at Meanta, I don't have access to the reeds so I started using other different types of materials so those four pieces also had um, attached to them emi feathers and attached using the Naranjeri stitch and those pieces have Naranjeri names so I try to use language I- incorporated into it so Pimpindawi is basket Kanali means um, emu emu feathers and Mati is the stone um, and then I also did uh, three other baskets which are using palm inflorescence which is the palm seed branch so I've I've just. Um, Learned from other basketry, non-Aboriginal um, women that I've connected with on the York Peninsula and through the National Basketry Gathering a few years ago. I just wanted to be able to learn to use other types of materials. So they, th- three of them are made with palm inflorescence, and it's called a random weave. Um, and one of them is a larger, which is the gariwaba darawa, which means emu feather large. Uh, the larger one of it, and the other one is, I just know, which has also jacaranda stalks around it with embroidery thread that kind of thought looked like a nice colour to go with the, the beautiful reds of the jacaranda stalks. And the other one that I did a random weave was a uh, gariwaba guru, which is in Narang- – so I used the Narangga language because it wasn't using Narangiri stitch. So gariwaba means feather and guru means container, around container. So it's sort of a bit more of a rounder shape when you're doing with random weave. It's – don't, you don't know. What what it's going to end up kind of the shape that it is. You can kind of mould it, but it can have some limitations. So um, when I was first having cons- uh, yarns with Nikki Cumpston, um, I said, "Oh, well, you know, what are you, what what should I do? You know, like I was a bit." Over, you know, overwhelmed when she'd asked me to be a part of Tanundi. and then she goes, oh, I really like these two styles. The one's where you're weaving around the stone and the one that's uh, sort of the, the random weave with the palm inflorescence." and I said, yes, so I was thinking of that particular style because I really love just weaving around the stone and the beach hag stones have also got a Narunga connection because they come from um, Stansbury so there's not many places on the York Peninsula that you can actually find these beach hagstones and it just happens to be um, on um, a friend's property um, that I do basketry with and sort of go down onto the little... Her, her property backs onto the, the cliffs of Stansbury and she just keeps giving them to me because she knows I love weaving with them. And I... Um, Two of those baskets. Um, I also used um, waxed uh, polyester thread, um, just to sort of show show some some differences and a bit of the other kind of diversity of other materials that I use.
0: Amazing, and the the so the stones with the holes in them. That's how you find them. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so they're they're formed. You can find them sometimes in. Um, Rivers and creek beds, uh, so and so. What that over? You know, imagine you know a long, a long time. The hole is formed through the process of water running over them. Wow! And so I just love them. She goes, "I oh, do you want some more stones," and I'm like, "Yeah, you <laughs> know, like because it's it's also a selection of um, choosing the right kind of stone." that sort of feels nice and the kind of the shape of it. So I normally sort of unpack all the stones and so there's a real selection process about what I want to use and the, the look of it and then I normally sort of um, go over with a, a beeswax and coconut oil kind of polish to kind of bring out a bit of the the, the, the colour of the rock a little bit more.
0: I, l- I love that there's this method and this... ...history and structure and tradition... ...but there's still plenty of space to go... ...I chose that because it's nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that that too. and Because I just like doing it. And And also, yeah, that strong cultural connection. And I think because... ...I love doing Naranjeri style of of basketry... ...but I love just doing lots of different things. I just love having uh, opportunities to learn different techniques... ...and... um, to sort of have a bit of a diversity um i suppose i just sort of change it up yeah. a bit so you're not kind of doing the same thing all the time
0: these pieces with the palm inflorescence and the random weave are the most beautiful things they look like these massive twigs or this mm. bird's nest with the other weaving you can see the structure you can see yeah. how it's performed but with this i'm completely lost it's called random weave it truly is random you just do what you want yeah
1: there is a structure to begin like there is like a, a certain technique of how you start it but then yeah the randomness comes in by the way you're sort of feeding it through and going oh there's a gap I'll fill that through and you've sort of got to weave it through and then kind of double it back so it kind of locks in and then you know and then to create the shape you've got to you know really can pull it and you know, it's, it's um, probably one that's a bit harder on your hands. Um, like all basketry, even like Naranjali, um when you're working with the reeds, you've got to dry them out and leave them to dry out for a couple of weeks. And then, like all the materials that I've used, and then you've got to rehydrate them to be able to make it do what you want it to do.
0: Okay, and, and then it dries out again. Yeah. So so when when you've got the reeds and you've dried them out, that gives you an idea of, what it's going to be mm. how it's going to behave once it's yeah finished and being woven into something
1: yeah and like so even once say i haven't some halfway through with the palm inflorescence ones i just feel like my, my my bath i never use it. it's too small to have a decent bath so it's just it's bit cruddy <laughs> <laughs> from soaking palm you know soaking <laughs> all my materials and whatnot i think i'll have to get the gumption out to give it a good clean <laughs> if i wanted a bath <laughs> but um, you know if I'm halfway through it I'll just you know just chuck it in the hot water in the bath and let it get soft again or sometimes you can actually you can manipulate it so if I was wanting to make it sort of go a little bit more overly or so, sort of say like a bit of a coulomon I did do one a couple of years ago for our mob and it was sort of like a bit of like a very much a coulomon shape and you can just sort of shape it and you can kind of you know tie, tie a piece of string around it to kind of help it Keep that shape. Ah, oh, yeah. As it dries, so you can mani- manipulate it within within some kind of reason, yeah.
0: And how long would you be soaking these for before you start working with them?
1: Uh, hot water, Normally I just fill it up with hot water, a couple of hours.
0: And gathering the reeds, are they pretty plentiful around the place? Or
1: um, I was very well, Cedric Varco, who's also very you know well known. Um, ...artist and weaver, he's um Nardinjeri and Naranga as well. He very kind of... He came, I'd organised him to come and visit um, a school I worked... visit some students. So he said, oh, I went out collecting um, sort of the Nardinjeri reeds... ...he lives down at uh, Port Elliot... And he goes, oh, I thought i better not come home empty-handed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like – I was more overwhelmed, you know. And I say to people, just give me some, you know, stuff out of your garden or like reeds. It's like getting a beautiful bouquet of flowers. So um, I use them sparingly um, and I suppose – and I've just collected. I just keep gathering um, or get given other different types of materials. I have quite a um, – it's sort of something that happens with, you know – people who make baskets and weaving you never have enough material you just keep collecting and collecting so stuff's sort of gone out onto my carport now and <laughs> then there's the corners of stuff in you know my rooms and at home and then I do a lot of stuff with raffia for weaving workshops so there's just stuff everywhere
0: and is it everywhere in an organized manner or it is
1: or? organized there's an organised manner. There is organised chaos.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> like my work desk is like that. <laughs> that's right, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, when I'm looking for something, I, I just have to think how long ago did I work on it and then that's how that's far gonna I That's it's going to be deep. in that pile yes. there or it's in that pile over there. It's a third of the way down this that's pile. It. Yeah, I know where everything is, <laughs> yeah.
1: that My children don't truly really believe but it's true,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you generally work on one piece at a time or is it the kind of thing you can put down and pick up something else depending on your mood?
1: Um, I I have done it where I've kind of had a few going at a time but I tend to just work on one piece um, and just sort of, you know, go, right, I'm going to focus on this one and, and uh, get it done. So I normally do work piece by piece. Um, when I was trying to get things, I had just sort of finished off a, a big solo exhibition as part of our mob. So that one I kind of had a few... Things things going. But generally I go, right, this is what I'm working on and I'll keep working on this till it's it's finished, then move on to the next one.
0: My mum was a mad knitter. She'd sit there watching TV, wouldn't have to look at what she was doing and by the end of the program there's a jumper ready for you. Yes. And you th- what's your process for working? Do you have to shut yourself in a studio or a quiet space to work? Or?
1: No, um, I just take over my whole, my whole lounge room. I live at home. <laughs> I've got adult children. They've all left home. Oh, nice. Um, And so, yeah, it's just a case of put the Netflix on and, and make sure it's not something with subtitles because that's too hard. And quite often I find, like, I'll go to watch... Save so you, you know, you're sort of binging on a, on a show and you go, what? What happened? <laughs> and I like, I just get, I kind of, I just don't really follow it or I just get sidetracked. So, or sometimes I do, I'll put a podcast on as a, or some, you know, just to sort of listen to something else because I find I'm a lot more focused if I'm just listening to something rather than thinking I'll get caught up in a show. Yep. So sometimes I kind of gaze a little bit slow. Or I'll just sort of pause for a little bit, whereas when I'm listening to podcasts or music, I just keep I'll keep working a lot more steadily. I've found, but I I just tend to sort of Netflix binge in the evening or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: And do you develop weavers fingers in the same way guitar players have? You know, practice and After a bit, they're just they're used to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I notice it depends. I, th- I think that's why I sort of started making. Jewelry because it's a lot more um, finer. It took a little while to master it, but it's a little bit on the, gentler on the hands. They, they do toughen up, but they can sort of, depending, random weave can get a little bit hard on my hands. And um, I find after I did like the series of um, weaving, that I, the baskets that I prepared for Tanundi I just sort of went, I'm not weaving for a couple of days. So the hands are strengthened, but sometimes then you kind of, I've pushed them too far. -hmm. Because you're doing something every day, all night, and they'll get a little bit sore and a little bit crampy, and then you feel a little bit old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Old but accomplished. (laughs) Yes, accomplished. (laughs) But then I'm just
1: like, I just can't. I'm just gonna have a break. You know, I think I, yeah, I think because I just keep doing it, or I think I'm just so used to sitting on the lounge at home doing something. Um, It's sort of a bit of challenge sometimes. No, don't do anything
0: yeah so you've you've got the weaving you mentioned jewelry making as well what other things do you do creatively
1: um, I'm being involved with another project with um, Tanundi. this is the wild dog project so with uh, Jacob Boehm, who's also a cousin um, through Narunga and through sandsbury through my father's a Sansbury through, through his father's Sansbury Connections lines. Um, he asked me to write songs for it, um, but in Naranga language. So sort of um, part of that project as the songwoman, but also the lyricist and an associate um, composer um, working alongside James Henry in Melbourne. So that's been challenging because I'm used to having a, you know, the guitarist or the musician sitting next to me. And I think the other thing is trying to write not so much in a contemporary style because I'm normally like a a contemporary singer-songwriter. So that's been a big challenge, but big growth. But I've really loved, like, um, I think the the process I did for Whirida, which is the shark dreaming story, I decided that I'd translate the whole dreaming story into Narunga language. Then look at how I would phrase the progression of the dreaming story into the key. The key um, yeah, sort of then rewrote it into a song song form. But then there was another layer of okay, now we've got that. Now let's put it into the verses. And I suppose um, as James. Henry says, sort of like flip it like a barbecue, flip it like a, a burger, like flip the language around, so you create some repetitiveness and some familiarity, and so then you kind of can create a um, can create a song, um, and that create was quite a, a um, originally like ended up I think about eight to ten verses. But for to teach children how to dance to that song. And so I've got um, Kane Sultan Babbage has been a part of that as well, uh, choreographing the Widida uh, with Jacob. Um, ...so Jacob sort of did the choreography and then Jacob uh, Kane's been teaching him... ...teaching our kids at Point Pierce the dance. Um, so it's been just nice to see it all come together. We've still got to do the final recording. Um, and then I suppose there's another thing like with... ...then I was with the Gaudi, um, the Emu song was I had like four lines make that into a song... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's do that. And, and I suppose there's also that stuff of the constraints of language that has been lost. That th- there are limitations in the, the Narunga language in your translating. So it's having to be very creative um, to try and make, make it make sense, but um, you lose. I mean, I suppose English has just got a lot of words that you don't really need, anyhow.
0: Yeah, you yeah. Know, you've got the option that, that, to play with them if you need that's to.
1: That's it. So it's just, be, and it's just very really lovely because the more I just keep flicking back and forth through the the dictionaries, back I just keep learning new words and new words. You know, like I think you know, bunny butter, Mary Little means run. <laughs> you know, and they go, oh, wow, that's just a beautiful word. Yeah, there's mm. three words for that. You know, and so in that was that there's the the Gudly, the wild dog would chase the emu. And so, you know, it's sort of like... bara um, So, you know, in English it's like, you know, the, the uh, wild dog chases the emu away. But, you know, we just need those three, three words to kind of... And we know what the meaning is. We know what the context is. So we don't need all the other words from English. So that's been a really um, great journey. So I'm looking forward to it. I think we're... Because um, half the team is in Melbourne... So with COVID it's kind of didn't allow it to kind of be happening this year... ...so I think that's going to happen next year. Um, Another thing I do is poetry. So yeah. And I suppose yeah, the other project with Tanandi is the Tangi Land and Debris Project which is with um, Port Adelaide, Enfield City Council and Ghost Nets Australia. So Ghost Nets is working with um, fishing nets that end up discarded and, fi- you know, you find along the beach and just become waste in the sea. And so they'll be like building, weaving onto frames. So I'm really looking forward to being a part oh of that yeah. project, learning how to weave onto frames with a, um, a waste product, sort of from garden waste to actual rubbish waste. And I'm really looking forward to that because I'll also be working really working alongside a few days. I'll be actually get to do that with uh, my auntie Phyllis Williams. So she's also a weaver and a nut and Jerry language speaker. But she's also very collect- very connected through uh, my grandmother grandmother's side. So.
0: Oh, that sounds great. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. Mm, and yes. You'll have to um, upload some photos onto Facebook of how your lounge room looks once you've started dragging fishing nets into oh, it as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's a mess of raffia. <laughs>
0: Thanks for your time this afternoon. Thank you. Tarnandi is presented by the Art Gallery of South Australia with principal partner BHP and support from the Government of South Australia. View the virtual tour online at agsa.sa.gov.au.